Welcome to the Inside the H podcast. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's your boy Kush, uh, my guy Ike to the left of me. And Ike, how are you doing today, man? How's it going? Doing good, man. Just, you know, uh, really happy about uh, the Rockets getting back-to-back wins. You know, feels good to win, man. So I don't ask for a lot, man. But when they win, I'm just, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, so let's let's start let's start with that with the Rockets. Um two game win streak. Friday we who did we play Friday? We played um the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, can't, yeah. Yeah. Can't can't forget that one because uh there was a lot of chippiness in that game. Uh yeah. With with um DeJounte Murray and Trey Young talking all that shit. Um Obviously, everybody who watched the game or watched the video, Jabari Smith is guarding. Uh, um, was Jabari Smith shooting the three or was he guarding him? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think he was. It was uh, Jabari Smith Jr. on defense, and yeah. Dejounte Murray hits a three over him, just taps him on the hand, and I'm just like, bro, like even if it's like a pickup game at the house or whatever, or you know, at the at the YMCA, that's something you just. You just don't do is give the guy a head tap, man. That's just disrespectful as fuck, man. When, yeah, when man. You saw that, that, what, what do you think about that? Because I thought that was disrespectful. Yeah, man. That's totally disrespectful, man. Especially even in the pickup game, that's a guaranteed fight, bro. Like, I'm not letting no man do that to me. I don't care if he makes the shot or not. That's a fight for sure. And that's just, you know, clown behavior. And, you know, karma worked out in our favor. Yeah, man, and and I just feel like after like after that moment, and especially after like the little scuffle they got into where Trey Young's hiding behind his teammates like a little bitch or whatever, like I feel like after that moment, Jabari Smith Jr. kind of like got you know engaged in the game and locked in the game, and like ever since then on to the next game, I, he's been playing pretty well, man. What do you think? What do you think about his performance? Uh, you know, the past two games because I thought I thought he was kind of. Till now, he's kind of still getting the feel for the game, you know, and just letting the games come to him. But, you know, um, against Atlanta and, and I guess OKC last night, we'll see him. I think they played him at the five, and he, he had a big uh, offensive rebound putback uh, shot to extend the lead or get back into the game or something. And I think that's, for me, that's especially with his length and his strength, I, that's what that's kind of what I saw. That's kind of his role that I saw coming out, coming from Auburn. You know, I thought because of his length, he can play the five in a small ball lineup, get offensive rebounds. Uh, he's another shooter on the floor, and we kind of kind of saw all that coming together in the past two games. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, I think you know, obviously, the last two games he's played well. I think you know it's simple for him, like. Whenever his shot is going down, you know, it's just he's having a really good game. Um, when it's not, you know, people will point out like all his struggles. It sounds simple, man, but you know, when you're making when your shots are going down, everybody will be will be saying, Hey, Jabari's, you know, playing really good right now. And you know, it's amazing what a little disrespect will do to you and set a fire, you know, inside of you in the Atlanta game when that happened, because I felt like 
when that happened, that totally changed the game. And that's and it changed Jabari Smith's aggressiveness. And I felt like he went straight to work and he felt he had this mentality like we're not putting up with this stuff around here. I don't care who you are. And that's when we came back and we made our run. And, you know, thanks to the Atlanta Hawks, man, because we got back-to-back wins. And it, it was really that act of, you know, those acts of disrespect behavior that I felt that got us, that set that fire under us and just got us to, you know, play well. And I also feel like when Jalen is out there as the primary ball handler, and he's finding Jabari or Shingun. It just makes everything easier for everything else. And once they build the chemistry, I think the league's going to be in trouble. I feel like Jalen and Shingun already got a chemistry going together in the pick and roll. But even in last night's game against OKC, you know, he was Jalen was hitting him in some pick and roll, and Jabari was able, you know, to – take advantage of that and I just feel like overall lately he's been playing really 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 well and just uh looking forward to more of this type of play yeah the one one thing like I wanted to see more of was um Jalen as a ball handler you know Jabari sending the pick and them doing the pick and pop action where he goes around uh Jabari comes out to three-point line you know pass them real quick and just he gets to catch and shoot opportunities Cause I feel like I feel like he can. I feel like when they run that, he'll be open enough for him to shoot it and be confident in that shot that he can make that shot, which is which I think in college he's proven he can do, and I th- I feel like he's proving that now that he can he can make that shot. Um, but like I said, as a rookie, you know it's very rare that a guy comes in right off the bat and starts making an impact. I mean, we've only seen it with a few guys. Um, it took him a little while to get, you know, to get into the swing of things, but I think the past few games he's starting to figure it out. And once once he starts to, you know, really really get going, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup for defenses to deal with, especially if he's if like if they stick him at the five because, I mean, how, how do you guard that? You know, like, and it's it's yeah. Because I don't like him at the five. He can because of his because of his length. He can guard pretty much any position on the court. He can obviously he can rebound because that rebound that he got earlier that I talked about that was a huge point in the game. You know, second second opportunity points that you got that helps you win the game. So, I mean, once he starts to figure it out one hundred percent, I think he's gonna be really, really really hard to stop. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, the guy can do it all. And there was, you know, a couple of possessions where he switched onto guards and he was guarding them out there on the perimeter. And, you know, he held his own and he was able to contest the shot, you know, make him miss and just play solid defense. Because overall, I think as a team, I think we're still struggling a little bit with our perimeter defense. But I think with time, that would get better. But as far as Jabari Smith, man, he can hold his own out there. You don't have to worry about that. He can guard every position. And that's just a huge advantage for us because when we switch everything, 
You know, you can trust in his defense, his length, his size to be able to, you know, hold his own on that play. And really, man, like I felt like the Golden State game really, even though we lost, it kind of let us know what type of effort we have to give on the defensive end every night to beat teams, not just the Warriors because they're, you know, the defending champions, but just any team in the NBA, you're going to have to defend at an elite level, um, you know, for 48 minutes. So I really felt like that's where it started. And, you know, it got us in the right, you know, in the right mentality defensively uh, through these games here. Yeah, and let's switch it over to Jalen Green. Um, he was on fire last night. Like, he couldn't miss. He was hitting crazy out of the parking lot threes. Um, one of my favorite plays he made last night was the one where he got the ball, like, on, on the corner. He did a little sh- a little shake, you know, went, he went right and then just pulled up for that difficult, difficult two-point two point shot, like, like if he's hitting those, like it's it's gonna be a rough night for the defense, bro. And like I just love that um he's not just trying to dribble, dribble and you know shoot the three or just pass it off. He's he can be a really, really good mid-range uh shooter, which he has proven. And I'm just looking forward to like the growth of that part of his game. Uh, because like he can he's shown that. He, like right now in his second season, he can score from anywhere on the court, and like the like just the, just the layups he was making, like over three guys, like he was shooting threes at an incredible incredible rate, and just scoring from all over the field. Like I think it's, I wouldn't say it's his best game of his career because I think the last time he had a, a as great a game as he did last night was I think. The last game of the season last year when he dropped like forty one on the Hawks, but ever since then I think it, I think it's his best game since then I think I would say. Yeah, man, when he was on last night, there's not really too much defense can do. I mean, most Houston fans expected this. We knew that he could do this. That he he can be a superstar. He can be a leader. You know, especially you know scoring the basketball. But when he's on like that, you know, he has a defense at his mercy. And when he's on and becomes and transitions to the playmaker later later on during the game, it's really scary, man, because now he's set enough guys. Like I said earlier, he becomes the primary ball handler and he's making everybody else comfortable. Like Singoon yesterday had an awesome game and Part of that was because of his chemistry with Jalen and how he was finding him on pick and rolls. And even when he was driving in, he was kicking it to KPJ. He was making threes off, you know, Jalen's playmaking and um, just everybody on the court, man. Like he just makes the team, the entire team that much better when he's on like that because defense, the defense doesn't know what to expect, who's going to, you know, who to, who's uh, to guard. And um, it was just a, a special night for Jalen. Like I said, most Houston fans, like, we knew he was capable of this and we're looking forward to more of this. 
but it's just you know beautiful to see when you see it when uh playing now it's just some of the things he was doing was like Jordan S man like he was pulling up on mid-range shots driving in he caught an alley with his left hand that shit was nasty bro I I was I couldn't believe he caught that with the left and then flushed it down uh never seen him do something like that um because he's a right-handed guy but it just shows you you know how talented this guy is and and uh the type of things he can do on a night and night basis yeah that's what i said like he has potential to be a scoring champion one day like just just even just now the second year the beginning of the second year he's showing glimpses of that and we saw we saw a lot of it last last night and i think we're i was on twitter last night and i was just like bro whenever we drafted Jalen green a couple years ago this is what we envisioned right like we knew the stuff that he was capable of and like if you've if you're like a diehard Rockets fan and you know about Jalen Green and you know about Jabari Smith Jr. all these guys, like we saw we saw this coming and it's just even for just the game, it's good to see it, you know, come together on the court. And there's a lot like I tweeted the other night, this is only the tip of the iceberg for Jalen Green because um it's it's scary that he's he's been able to do what he's been able to do so far. And he's going to get bigger, he's going to get stronger, he's only going to get better, you know, as the season goes on, as, as his career goes on. So I, I think that for, for if you're a Rockets fan tuning in this year, I think that's that's a big reason to watch games this year, even though we're not going to win that many games. Because this guy's going to be freaking special, man. And I, I think we, we've all talked about it, we all, we all know it, and... I just can't wait for him to start putting up numbers, start getting on these all-star teams and just bringing the Rockets to like national, national recognition, you know? Yeah. And then don't forget about all the hate that, that he has been getting even before this season. When a lot of media, you know, was talking shit about him and, you know, even like Bill Simmons was, he was talking a lot of shit and, you know, as far everything that we've seen so far, he has been the best player of last year's draft, you know? And, you know, the, the media just has to take an L on that. You know, they got to eat that because so far he's just been balling. And I don't want to hear none of that hate no more, bro. Like, it's just, if you've seen the, the way this guy has been playing, like, they could just keep crying, bro, because that shit don't mean nothing. Yeah, man, and the the like respect to Herb Jones and you, you know we all know how we feel about Bill Simmons. Um, it's like we tried to tell him last year, man, like just just wait on it, just wait on it. Like we see that potential in him. He's starting to show that, and like we like I didn't hear shit from any of the haters last night, man, because like he was he was on fire. Um, like when he's hitting shots like that, he's really really hard to stop. And that's that's like, in my opinion, that's glimpses of uh, top top three to top five player in a few years. You know, I I know that's some people might say that's a bit much on my part to say that, but I really believe that, and I really believe he's gonna get to that level. Because I mean, I mean, they're gonna see like even just later on this year, once we get to the second half of the year, and once the all our all our guys start building more chemistry together, I think we're gonna see. We're gonna see that, and 
hopefully we'll see the, the haters shut their mouths too because it's coming, man. Yeah, man. Let me say one more thing about Jalen, man, because he's been averaging more assists lately too. So he's not just a ball hog that's just, you know, taking 25, 30 shots a game. Now the stats show that he's averaging more assists and he cares about that. He wants to improve on that. He wants to make his team better. I think that speaks volume about the guy. That speaks that he wants to be the leader of the team and he cares about winning. So I just wanted to say that because he's not a selfish guy where he's going out there every night trying to score, you know, 30 or 40. He also cares about, you know, getting others involved. And that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, the special thing about him is, like, he can score 30 or 49 if he wants to, but he's willing to be a better playmaker. He's willing to be a better defender, which I think those two things, that's just really going to make him a really, really great player when when everything is said and done. And, like, I know we talk about a lot about, like, tanking and all that stuff. We should tank for Wemby or whatever. Man, those two wins as a fan felt so good last night. And just just seeing those guys, you know, you know, play hard and just taking in the win. Uh I love the I love the clip of uh Jalen Green waving goodbye to Trey Young, man. Like I just love seeing that shit. Especially when you're like a like a struggling bottom team. Like those are the moments that make the season, you know, fun to watch for us fans. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, and then yet the game versus the Hawks was Bruno's first game back. And I know a lot of people probably don't, you know, want to give him credit or, you know, something like that or hate on them or something. But he deserves a little credit because, man, he came back first night and we got a dub. So I'm not saying it was all because of him, but he was a part of that. And he actually looked good out there in the first minutes when the game started for the Hawks, man. So I just want to say that about Bruno. But, you know, we saw Sengun yesterday, and he had a hell of a game. So, you know, I still think he should be the starting center because, you know, he was just playing like Salisbury, man. He was balling. He was everywhere. You know, hustling, getting rebounds, um, scoring. He had a play where he – he uh, dribbled a ball almost 94 feet down the court and then did a uh, a mini dream shake at the end and got the guy and scored. But, yeah, man, I agree. Like, these games, when you get these dubs like this, they're so exciting to watch and to be a part of because they're a glimpse of what the future holds for us and how this team is going to look in the future when we're hitting all cylinders, man. So, yeah, I agree, like. Even myself, I can't wait to go to another game to be out there, you know, with all the family out there, Rockets Twitter, and just enjoying the game. Yeah, and, like, I feel like um, we're talking about, like, tanking and uh, taking losses and all that stuff, and I feel like just winning a few games can really help their confidence because as a – even as an athlete and at any level, you never want to lose, right? Like, you don't – as a player, you're not looking for like you're not looking to the to the future like next year or the year after. You like you want to win the next game. So and I feel like that's really important to see because obviously you could see they wanted to win the game. 
and they don't give a fuck about you know tanking for Wemby and all that other like all that other shit like us fans care about. So it's like I saw at the beginning of the season when we talked about like the debate between should we tank for Wemby or should we just try to win? But like just just try to win because at the end of the day, like if you just try if you try to win every game, that's only gonna help your players' development, right? Because we have to remember these guys are human and like when the losses start piling up, it starts getting in your head and all this other shit. So I feel like they should keep trying to win, keep trying to develop their their guys and just go out on the court and, you know, keep trying to win, man, because with like they say, winning cures everything, right? So Yes sir. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they should they should just keep keep trying to get better, which I think they will which I which I think they will do. And Hopefully we'll lose enough games, I guess, to have a chance in the lottery to get that number one pick. But we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah, man. Because I feel like we're already in the tough division in the NBA. So all of the teams that are in our division, they're real tough. Most of them are playoff teams, and you know we're a young team. We're gonna struggle on defense. We're going to have a lot of turnovers because we have young players. It's all about going out there and just playing hard, giving it your all. And you see what you get at the end of the game. You see, you know, how you develop, how you learn from the past mistakes. And if you end up losing, then so be it. But you go out there, you know, to play, to win the game, obviously. But we're in the West and, you know, everybody in the West is tough for the most part this year. So, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, we're just going to go out there and try to develop these guys and and just try to try to play as hard as we can and learn from our mistakes because um, eventually these are the guys that are our core and that's what we're going to depend on. We have our guys already, but I'm not going to lie. It wouldn't hurt to add a Wimby or Scoop, man. So, you know, we just – we got to stay locked in. We got to have that goal at the end and trying to get one of those two guys at any cost because that talent is just, you can't, you don't find that all the time in drafts. So you got to do whatever you can. You got to position yourself as best as you can to try to get one of those guys, uh, regardless of like, you know, uh, your record. Obviously, you want to be on the losing end as far as, you know, the games, but. Yeah, man, to add one of those guys would be awesome. Yeah, and I want to go back to your point of just they've learned from their past mistakes. I think the past two games, you can kind of see um, they've learned how to win. Or they learned in the past two games, they kind of learned what not to do or what to do in these close games for them to win the game, which I think that's that's in a season like this, that's progress, right? Like, that's what you want to see at the end of the day. And um, as far as, like, the draft next year, my my opinion has always been, like, just control what you can control. Don't worry about, you know, oh, I got to I gotta lose this game or I got to lose that game in order for me to have a chance to, like, just go out there, put your team out there, see what happens, and then wherever you end up is where you end up. And I know a lot of right. office Twitter is, like, no, we got to lose. We got to position ourselves, which I see. But, I mean, 
there's also the possibility that you tank and then you get to the lottery and then you get fucked out of the number one pick, right? So, so it's like, what was all that losing for, right? Like, it, yeah. it just doesn't matter. And so, well, you know, yeah, you know, ahead. you know, Rock is Twitter. We're always going to complain about something, man. It don't matter what it is. We're always going to complain about something. You know, whether it's rotations, minutes, uh, why is this guy in the game, this and that. So <laughs> it's always going to be something. So we just, you know, just try to ride with it. And that's just something that we do. And we just like to keep it spicy, man. You know, like like to keep it interesting and <laughs> talk about different shit. So it helps everybody. <laughs> it's good for the entertainment i'll say that I'll yes say sir that. yeah and yeah but like um hopefully we'll see more improvement you know in the coming weeks and coming months for the rockets and so now let's uh talk about the texans so the texans wednesday wednesday was a really really weird day if you're a texans fan because davis mills got benched but there, it was kind of like a weird situation because Lovey Smith wouldn't say that, okay, we're benching Davis Mills for Kyle Allen. And I feel like the only, I feel like the only reason, I mean, call me crazy, but I feel like the only reason we even made the move is because earlier that morning, uh, Robert Sala, the coach of the New York Jets, benched their number two pick, right? Zach Wilson got benched for Mike White. And I think... The Texans saw that and they're like, okay, now would be the perfect opportunity to also bench our quarterback because the eyes aren't on us. The eyes are on the number two pick that got benched, right? And I feel like that's the that's like a big, big problem with the Texans is because Davis Mills has not played well, but make like making that move, what does it really even do for you? You know, because like it's a lost season anyway. Um, but then again, like we we saw the game today uh, against the Dolphins. They struggled early, obviously going down like thirty to nothing at the halftime. The halftime, but in the second half, Kyle Allen looked a little bit better than Davis Mills has looked for the past few games, in my opinion. And so, like, it was it was just a weird situation because on Wednesday they wouldn't commit to who was going to start and who was uh, who was going to be the backup and, you know, who's getting the reps in practice. They said they'll split reps in practice, which is so freaking weird to me. And, like, I've, I feel like I've been beating this dead horse for, like, three years now. Um, I feel like the Texans are still trying to be the Patriots because they're doing all this weird shit that the Patriots used to do, like, you know, keep, keep it all secretive and shit. But, like, my whole thing is you're the worst team in the freaking NFL – who cares? Just say who your quarterback is, you know? It's like the fact, like, if you really think that you're going to try to hide your who your starter is to not let the other team know your game plan or whatever, it's like, bro, you're you have one win on the season. That's against the Jaguars. It doesn't freaking matter who like yeah. it doesn't matter who you start, you're still gonna lose the game anyway. You know? Yeah. So like I mean, that's my rant for the Texans. What do you I wanna know your thoughts on that? whole quarterback switch switcheroo quarterback benching situation well I, th I think two things man like i think that was a move of just being desperate because in my eyes in my opinion i felt like 
they wanted to show the fans in the city like, hey, we're making moves to try to win ball games. You know, we're trying, but for it to happen the way it did, it was weird because if you're not going to say it, then don't say it. Don't, you know, don't say it until Saturday or Sunday, you know, when everything comes out like the Patriots used to. They always kept shit in house about, you know, what they were going to do, the scheme, or like who they were going to play. But it's just a move of like, you know, because they're, we're desperate right now just to try to keep our fan base intact, bro, or like the city connection intact because I just feel like if if you would have just made that move and come out and said it, then, you know, nobody cares about it. Okay, this guy's going to get benched and whatever, so we're going to roll with Kyle Allen, and that's how we're going to do it. But – it's just, to me, they were worried about how it was going to be looked because, you know, they were benching their guy, that they said that was their guy, their quarterback. You know, and we know teams make changes all the time, but I think once they saw the Jets making that move, they're like, okay, this is a perfect chance to make a change right now. They benched their guy, you know, their second-year guy. so. Let's go ahead and do it. But it was just a desperate move because we're just looking for anything right now, anything positive, you know, whether it's uh, benching this guy or that guy to show that, hey, we're trying out here when we really know that we're just tanking because we want that number one pick. We're already the worst team in the NFL. So I just think that right now, man, we're in shambles, man, like, as an organization, it's like one of those dark times. Um, just try to get through the season, bro. Like, I, I, I can't wait for the season to be over, like, for real. I just looking forward to that because um, I hate to keep wasting my Sundays on uh, watching this team this year going through that. I mean, at halftime, you said it, it was 30 to zero at halftime today. So, I mean, that's just ugly performance. And uh, hopefully Bryce Young can save us from all this. So I can't wait to the draft already. <laughs> it's not even uh, January. It's not even December, bro, and I'm saying that. I can't wait for the draft already. It just tells you what kind of year the Texans are having. But, you know, this is what it looks like, man, when you don't have a quarterback. This is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, and, like, you brought up Bryce Young, and here's the thing about Nick Casario. Like, he's, you know, he had a decent draft last year. And if they, like, if we get to that draft and we have the number one pick and they don't take a quarterback, like, even before that, you kind of, after the season's over, you kind of have to evaluate um not only Lovey Smith, not only Tuff Hamilton, not only the staff, you even have to evaluate Nick Casario. Like, if they sit down with them in a room and they're like, okay, uh, we are the first pick in the draft. Um, right now, who do who who do you want to take? And if he says he doesn't want, like, if he says we're not taking quarterback, I'm not saying you have to fire him, but, like, you have, like, you have to get a quarterback next year. 
like in my opinion, Bryce Young is one of those guys. He's like, he's a, I think he can be the next uh, star quarterback in the league in a few years. I think he has that type of potential. And if you have the number one pick, you have to take him. And the crazy thing about it is if even if they don't take a quarterback, this team is so freaking bad that whatever, whatever, like even if they take Will Anderson from Alabama or Jalen Carter from Georgia, it will still be a good pick because you have freaking holes everywhere on this team, you know? But, yes. But like we all know the game of the National Football League, it's a quarterback league. So you like if you um if you're of the opinion that okay, I don't like I don't like um Bryce Young, I like CJ Stroud over him, then pick CJ Stroud. But you have to get a quarterback. And I feel like that guy is gonna be Bryce Young. But even like even if you look at the way the Texans have ran things in the past three years, I can't even say that I have confidence in them to take the quarterback and with the number one pick in the draft, you know? So, and the way that they've done this rebuild is, it's like, Nick Casario is a Patriots guy, obviously, right? So we brought him in to be the GM and who's to say he doesn't run at the Patriots when runs his team into the ground like Jack Easterby did. But we will we'll kind of have to wait and see what happens with him. I hope that he does not do that, but, you know, we'll see. And the thing I want to end with is I think Lovey. I think this year, th this has to be the last year for Lovey Smith. Uh, I love, I love Lovey Smith as a coach, you know, in the past with the Bears and all that stuff. But I feel like they just need a new, like a completely new younger coach uh, in this franchise. I'm tired of um, promoting these in-house guys and just, you know, it's the same fucking shit every single year, you know? I feel like we need a new guy, but then it's it's crazy because at the same time, last year, like, they were considering hiring Josh McCown, who has no coaching experience ever at all at any level. And so that kind of shows you, like, if I'm a if I'm an aspiring head coach, I do not want to go to the Texans. However, this upcoming year, you have a lot of cap space. You have so much draft capital. So if I am a guy that's looking for a head coaching job, the Texans are kind of attractive to me because you can pretty much pick your team. Like you, you're probably not the number one pick, so you can you have the pick of your quarterback, whoever you want. Facts. You can you can pick your like your rookies for the next two three years with all the right. draft picks that we have. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like the craziest part is we don't know what the fuck is gonna happen because it's the Houston Texans, right? So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. But I don't think Lovey Smith should be back next year. I think they should press the reset button again, as far as the head coach goes, because like, I mean, this guy is what is he like seventy three years old. He's not going to be here when we get all our rookies and, you know, when we start to get good again in like three or four years. So I say bring a younger coach in um, and then just, you know, draft guys and go from there. Yeah, man, I just I don't care what we do, but don't hire Josh McCown. Like for whatever yeah. <laughs> reason, don't hire him. No head coach experience before. You know, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be good. I don't know 
if he would turn out to be a good coach or not. But I think that's the only reason why Lovey was hired was because that move was going to look so bad that they're like, no, we can't do that. Let's just hire somebody in-house who's actually had good experience before in the NFL. And they made that move like that. But I'm, I agree. I don't think Lovey will be here next year. You know, I feel like this has been such a atrocious season overall. And whichever way you look at it, and the defense that looks has has looked terrible. You know, the front seven is garbage, hot trash, bro, whatever you want to call them. We can't stop the run to save our lives. Um, you know, Stingley's been hurt too, so our secondary hasn't been playing well, you know, either. But I just I'm looking forward to the future, man. Like, let's let's just start over for, you know, uh, clean house as far as the coaching staff. And let's get somebody in here that, you know, wants to wants to win. I'm not saying Lovey doesn't want to win, but you know, he was put in a tough spot to begin with, man. You know, um, but whenever I get depressed like that, I just think about the Houston Texans can't hurt me no more, bro, because we have the Houston Astros who are World Series champions and can't nobody take that away from us. Baby, we're champions. So the Texans can't hurt me at least this year, bro. So I'm still riding high about my Astros. Hey, there you go, man. And with that, let's end this episode of Inside the H. Um I don't know if you guys heard, but we have a we have a YouTube channel now. Uh, it's at Inside the H Pod on YouTube. Go ahead, uh, give us a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, yes. You can also find us on Twitter. Um, our official our official podcast page is at Inside the H Pod. Uh, Ike, where can they find you on Twitter? On Twitter at Ike Quayar. That's I K E. C-U-E-L-L-A-R. You guys can find me at, at Christopher Paul, K-U-S-H-T-O-P-H-E-R-P-A-U-L. And with that, let's end it, guys. Inside the H-Pod, we'll see you guys next week, man. Yes, sir. Already.